You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Knowing that God created everything gives us purpose and a faith-filled perspective in life. Learn more about this truth in week one of our series, The Story of Us. Today we're starting, as uh, Pastor Ryan said, a three-part series called The Story of Us. It's the overarching story in the Bible, which starts with the creation, the fall of man, and the redemption of man. And today we're going to talk about the creation, the image of God. And before I start, let's just pray. Father God, we thank you. And I thank you, Lord, for giving this opportunity to uh, share the gospel. Lord, just anoint this preaching, Lord. May it not be my words, but your words. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will reveal to us the truth as we receive it with open hearts and open minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's uh, take you to the very first book of the very first chapter, the very first book of the Bible. It's a Genesis, no? And if you have your Bibles with you, you can open it to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living, every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth. Every tree with, it, with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on earth, everything that is the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. You know, one night, David came out in the open, and he just gazed upon the stars. And this is what David said. Lord, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are so mindful of him? You know, a lot of us spend a, part, a lot of our time and effort in protecting the image that we want to attain or the image that we want to keep. But all our efforts will be futile because everything that we know will fade away. Our beauty, our skin, and every good thing that we have achieved or can achieve apart from God is nothing. It will all fade away. So the question is, what makes us human? What is the purpose of our existence in this world? I'd like you to think of three words today. We are created to reflect. We are created to relate. We are created to reign. And we are created to respect. The Bible teaches us the most important truth about humanity is this: we are all created in the image of God. Being created in the image of God means we are created to reflect the image of God. We are created to relate to God and to the community, to reign and have dominion over what He has entrusted us with, and to respect the sanctity of life. 
We are created to reflect. Reflect what? We are created to reflect the image of God. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Remember, during the creation, God created animals and plants according to their own kind. It was only man that he created according to his kind and to his likeness. You know, we live in a world where image is everything. I remember Pastor Dennis talking about that a while ago. And the image, it seems, is all about the external. Puro panlabas lang, no? Every magazine cover, every TV program or advertisement, or every store that you go to would tell you and proclaim that it is what you wear, it is what you own, it is the kind of house that you live in, and even the kind of car that you drive that define your worth and your value. In this very materialistic world, mahirap tanggalin yung, yung mga externals na to, to become the lens through which we assign value to ourselves. And sadly, this is the same lens that we use to assign value to other people as well. The Bible reminds us that we are the imago Dei or the image of God which simply means that the kind of life we live is a reflection of our faith and our relationship with God. We reflect God to the world. People have to see Jesus in our lives. And those who do not know God will get to know the God. Those who do not read the Bible, those who do not go to church, those who show God off their lives will get to know the God that you know and you serve because of the life that you live which is a reflection of the value and the the grace, the love of God that overflows in your life. Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The question is, are we reflecting the image of God? You know, it's easy for a Christian to say, you know, I'm a Christian. But I tell you, people will not believe what you say. People will believe what you do and the values that are reflected in the way you live your life. Your life reflects the status, the reality of your faith. You know, I come every morning, wake up, go out and meet people. It always reminds me that every person that you meet, remember this, every person that you meet represents a soul that has an eternal destiny. And sometimes you are the only connection that that person has with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is how you live your life. It is how you reflect the image of God in your life that creates the bridge or probably can destroy the bridge for that person to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that is why it's really, really very important. Our value doesn't come from the material realities of our life. It comes from the spiritual reality of who we are in Jesus Christ. This is how the apostle put it. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment. Apostle Peter, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. Instead, it is that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. We look at the outside appearance of people. God looks at our heart. Why do we spend so much time and energy attending to, which, to that which is external? You know, we spend a lot of time building our resumes, 
building our diplomas, building our portfolios, building our business empire. And in return, we spend so much little time, so little time in building our relationship with God. We have so much passion for that which is external rather than eternal. We are so passionate about the fleeting moments and miss out on what really matters. A great Russian writer once said, the meaning of existence is to preserve unspoiled, undisturbed, undistorted the image of eternity with which each person is born. Let's live a life not with an external but with an eternal perspective. That is what God wants to remind us. We are created to, number two, we are created to relate. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Notice the plurality of this verse. Let us, our image. God, remember this, God was not alone during the creation. And God created man not because he was lonely. He did not create man because there was something lacking in his, in his nature. Even before the creation, there exists a relationship between God, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God created us for community. God created us to relate to other people. First, to relate to Him so we can relate to other people. God created us to relate to our family. This is how a family would probably spend breakfast. Your, your lolos and lolas would probably recall times like this when you spend time on the dinner table just talking about life, sharing things, and sharing experiences. This is the kind of family that God wants us to create. This is not the kind of family that God wants us to create. Now, you see people eating in restaurants, even the toddler in, in Australia, even the toddlers would have their little, little uh, tablet to play with. People don't talk anymore. You go to restaurants, you'll see the mom working on some Facebook, you know, I don't know, whatever, the dad. Everyone's busy with their tablet. People don't spend time communicating and relating to one another. And this poster is really funny, but it reflects the gravity of of this addiction. No Wi-Fi. Talk to each other. Call your mom. Pretend it's 1993. Live. This is so true. You don't talk to people anymore. You message them. You viber them. You don't take time out to pick up the phone and say, how are you? Are you okay? You just send those emojis and whatever. That's not communication. Social media has become a social catastrophe. And that's sad. Because none of us can fulfill the purpose of God in our lives by ourselves. It is impossible to embrace Christianity alone and remain an island to ourselves. First, because we are part of the body of Christ. We are part of the family of Christ. And we belong to the household of God. We are designed to have fellowship with God and then fellowship with other people, with our fellow believers. We are formed to build meaningful relationships with the people we love. And not only with the people we love, we are, we are supposed to create meaningful relationships even with people who are difficult to love. And the reason why God sends difficult people in your life is because God wants to change your heart. We are created to relate. 
Number three, we are created to reign. And it starts with God providing for us first. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God blessed them. Everything that God created before He created man was meant to bless man. The reason why you and I are here alive and breathing is because of the grace of God. In John chapter 1, verse 16, it says, From the fullness of His grace, we have received one blessing after another. The reason why God blesses you is because He wants your life to be a blessing to other people. Whatever talent God has given you, use it for God's glory. Remember, we may not have everything that we want, but God has given us everything that we need. And that is more than enough. And that should give us the reason to be thankful. And he said, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. Every good thing comes from God. And he wants us to take care of it. He has given us the power to reign, to rule over, to have dominion or exercise dominion over the things that he has blessed us with. We have dominion over all the earth, the Bible says. But we use it wrongly. The biblical view of dominion is not about destruction. It's about responsibility. He gave us dominion over the animals and the birds and all living things. And this is what He meant. He meant for us to take care of their natural habitat. To make sure that they thrive and they grow. This is not what dominion means to God. We are responsible for this. We are responsible to provide for them a safe environment for them to thrive, to grow, and multiply. When he said dominion over nature, he meant this. God did not mean this. You're familiar with this picture. A few weeks ago, 27 truckloads of trash were brought back into Ross Boulevard. And these are the things that we have thrown carelessly on the roads everywhere. This is God's reminder to all of us of what He means, but I have given you dominion for us to reign over nature, to reign over what He has blessed us with. Remember, a correct understanding of dominion leads us to two things. Number one, responsibility. Number two, stewardship. God wants us to be responsible for this. Now the question is, have we been good stewards? Have we been good stewards? I remember driving behind a car, very beautiful car, and then I just saw something fly off the window. It's a box of an empty McDonald's burger. Maybe the guy is rich. He doesn't want trash in his car. And you probably say, okay lang yan, isang piraso lang naman. See? One piece of candy wrapper. Okay lang yan. Are we good stewards of what God has blessed us with? Are we exercising dominion over the things that God has given us? The next time you responsibly throw garbage out of your car window or on the street, think about this. We are actually giving them, entitling them to go after our, our mess 
so that they could have food on their table. The next time you throw something in the trash bin, think about this. This is Philippine-style recycling, Smoky Mountain version. I come from a well-developed country. They don't have anything like this. People are disciplined. They have a, they have a safe environment for people. They still trash, trash out the rubbish or the recyc recyclables in a conveyor belt manually, but not like this. We are tasked to be good stewards, to have dominion. That's what it means when God said, have dominion over all the earth. We should be, as Christians, responsible for our environment. We should care about it. We should take care of it. We are created to reign and exercise dominion by being responsible and good stewards of everything that we see around us. The nature, the beauty, the excellence, the gifts that God has given us. And last but not least, we are created to respect. It's interesting because we see two things in the bearing of the image of God. It's the humility and the dignity of humankind. Humility because we are not God. We have dignity because we are created in God's image. Remember, Genesis 1, the animals, all the plants were created according to their own kind, but humanity is made in God's image and likeness. It is important from a biblical perspective to understand that humanity is more than just our physical being. We have a soul. As Pastor Dennis mentioned a while ago, we have a soul, and that what makes us different from all other creation. A soul that allows us, that gives us the capacity to relate to our God. Every human being, regardless of who he is, is a bearer of God's image. And every human being deserves to be treated with dignity, with love, and with respect. And our dignity... It doesn't come from our external circumstances. Not because you have a lot of money in your bank means you're a dignified person already. Not because you're successful means you are a dignified person. Wealth or success doesn't have anything to do with your dignity as far as the Bible is concerned. Neither does it come from what others think about us. We are valuable because we are created in the image of God. That is where we get our value. Your poor neighbor, your rich neighbor, he is created in the image of God. The person who doesn't know how to speak English or doesn't, hasn't finished high school or elementary, he is created in the image of God. The fat person or probably the woman who, with an unwanted baby, she was created in the image of God. Your sinful neighbor is created in, in the image of God. And they all deserve to be treated with dignity. Because every human creature is valuable to God. Everyone matters to God. And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. The pinnacle of God's creation was on the sixth day, He created man in His likeness and his, in His image. And every other thing that God created, He said it was good. But after He created man, He said it was very good. Very, very good. 
And I want you to leave you with this. Thoughts as we come out of this room, we are created to, number one, reflect the image of God. We are created to relate to others. We are created to reign and have dominion over everything that God has given us. And we are created to respect the dignity, the sanctity of human life. And I'd just like to leave you with this thought before we go. The value of a mirror is not in itself. The value of the mirror is in its potential to let something be seen. Our real value is not who we are on the outside. It's not the expensive watch that we're wearing or the designer clothes that you buy or the shoes, nice shoes, Nike shoes that you just recently bought on eBay. That is not where your value is based upon. Our value is based on how much of what's inside of us reflects the character of God in our lives. That is our value. We are all without any exception created in the image of God. Now, I want to tell you this. Your words, they're deceiving. When you look in the mirror, that's also deceiving. The mirror of God exposes what's inside our hearts. What you see in the mirror may not necessarily be who you are. You have to look deeper and ask God to reveal what's inside. As David prayed, Lord, create in me a clean and pure heart. And the question that I want to leave you today is whose image is in you? I want you to be honest. How do you treat the people around you? There are people probably you are not so fond of. People have hurt you in the past. How do you treat them? How you treat them is a reflection of who you are in Christ. Whose image is in you? Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph resources podcasts.